the Cold War has never really ended. This is a very racist... To stop the federal government from investing in new weapon systems. <laughs> What's a mining concert Still Canada? Under the Indian Act. Again, snipers. James, James, Justin Trudeau! James, James, James. Soak in the blood of the Ryan. The revolution will not be won with hot takes. Welcome to the Red Review. Welcome back to the Red Review. My name is Daniel. I use he, him pronouns. I'm coming to you from Tuckeronto, the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee, the Anishinaabeg, the Chippewa, the Mississaugas of the Credit, and the Huron-Wendat. And hello once again. My name is Emily. I use she, her pronouns. And I'm coming to you from the unceded territories of the neutral Haudenosaunee and Anishinaabe people known as Guelph, Ontario. This is our second interview in a series of interviews with the Municipal Socialist Alliance candidates, all members of the MSA, and as well as Socialist Action, the host of this podcast, live and work on stolen Indigenous land from across Turtle Island. So we echo the call of land back and of Indigenous self-determination. There can be no reconciliation without restitution, and that means seizing the assets of the major resource developers and returning them to the commons. The next person that we're introducing to our audience, the next MSA candidate that we're interviewing is Kiri Vadavelu. Kiri is a social justice activist running with the MSA for city councilor in Scarborough Center, Ward 21. Kiri, who immigrated from Sri Lanka as a child, successfully resisted a legal eviction of his family at the Ontario Landlord and Tenant Board during the 2020 emergency lockdown. He passionately strives to make housing a human right in Ontario. A founding member of the Scarborough Tenants Union, Kiri is a leading voice of Toronto Acorn and a committed member of Justice for Workers. He was a shop steward of the United Steelworkers Union, where he fought for better working conditions and was a recipient of a 2019 Leadership Award from USW headquarters in Pittsburgh, USA. Kiri Vadavelu acquired a Bachelor's of Arts in Criminology, Justice, and Policy Studies at the University of Ontario in 2010. Welcome so much, Kiri. How are you doing? It's an honor to be here, and I'm I'm very delighted to be talking to both of you in this very important time in history. Absolutely, Kiri. Emily, do you want to get us started off? Yeah, so... Is there anything about yourself you want to mention that wasn't covered in your very impressive bio? Yeah, there, there's, I guess uh, there's a lot to cover, but what I would like to be covered as, you know, something that uh, more importantly, the housing as a human right. And what I would like to see is uh, like every other developed countries in the world, we need strong tenant laws and we, know we need to have housing as a human right in the city of Toronto. And that's something that I will not stop until we get it. And that is something that I'm really passionate about. I, I think the bio did mention it, yes. But yeah, that is that is where that uh, my passion and inspiration come in, in before this politics. Yeah, and politics is not something that I ever thought of uh, in in my lifetime. I never thought I would have to walk into this uh, political path. But here I am. Uh, now I ask myself, why did I wait this long? Why did I wait until the granite land in my house before? in order for me to go out to the street and fight. I guess, like most people, I was I was just a student, you know, going to getting my bachelor's done and then going to the workforce, pay, looking after myself and my family. But then when the COVID came, we all got hurt. And the working class, students, families, workers, we all got hurt. But the upper class, they were able to mobilize and they were able to get rich. 
and the big corporation, they were able to even do better in the COVID. So that was a wealth transfer. COVID was a wealth transfer. And here we are fighting for our justice. And while fighting for justice, I am in one way or another getting involved in politics, which it's, it's, like I said, it's something that not I planned, but while I was fighting for tenants justice, including, I mean, starting with myself, and then tenants across my neighborhood. I got involved with other folks who are fighting for the same thing. And as a community, we are together and we are fighting for justice and we are fighting for people. That's something that I'm very passionate, I'm very happy about. It's something that unexpected journey in my life. Absolutely. So you were a co-founder and organizer with the Scarborough Tenants Union, and you recently wrote an article that's on the Municipal Social Alliance website about this illegal activity of a lot of landlords, especially during the summer months, where it comes to air conditioning, where they're trying to intimidate their tenants into paying extra fees for air conditioning, which is entirely illegal. And so do you want to share more about that story? What were the the threats that you've received from the landlord and how you're organizing within your own apartment space uh, to resist this? Uh, yes, um, that's, this uh, intimidation tactic has been used by landlords for a long time. And particularly in my building, uh, I've seen this notice, the air conditioning fee for the past five years, uh, uh, four to five years now, uh, we've been getting that notice. And we, as tenants, we are talk across and you know, our electricity is included in the rent. And why there's an air conditioning fee? And we were talking among each other and we come to realize it's, it's just another another way to extort to rent and uh, intimidate tenants to submit into paying it. And if I were to, uh, like, uh, the, the notice that actually it's, it's also in the, in the article that I shared. So the, it, it was very well written, uh, well prepared notice. Actually, it ties the air conditioning fee into the rent. So a typical tenant would look at it and say, oh, now it's my rent, you know, it is a part of my rent, I had to pay. But that's not true. And actually, that's illegal. There's, that's no such fee exists. And according to Landlord Tenant Board, that is just a, doesn't exist. And it was created out of thin air to extort more rent and to intimidate more tenants to pay into paying more. Which, if you were to look at it in Scarborough, this in my ward, in Ward 21, 70% of the people here are visible minority. That's again, I'm referring back to their uh, census statics, 2018 census statics. So 70% of people are visible minority and more than half of them are living paycheck, paycheck to paycheck. And half the same amount are actually renters. And they're paying, they're, they need two paycheck to pay rent. And now landlord, the big corporate landlord, someone like mine, wants more rent. And where are we going to go? and where this is going to stop. And that's when I looked outside for, you know, political leadership, there was none. And I, you know, when, when we had uh, first uh, eviction notice in my building, uh, there was at least about 10 people were uh, received the eviction notice and only a handful of them actually resisted until the end. Most of them actually end up submit, uh, submissing to them and the others end up leaving, leaving the building. Mm. So I was one of the few who resisted until the last, because knowing that, you know, we have the people and we have the laws in our side to win this battle. Uh, so I was able to win along with my neighbors uh, who already sup who supported me. Yeah, that's, that's a great victory. And that's where I got the strength to fight back. Uh, and what we see right now in the city is a uh, political oppression. It's the mm -hmm. status quo politicians. What they're doing, they're, they're saying that oh, tenants and corporations have equal footing, so they can fight and win in the landlord and board. 
So we don't have to do anything. That's the typical response from Stoner City Council. And mm -hmm. why do we have City Council in the first place if everything is okay? If people can sort out their problem at landlord, tenant board, and what's the point of having uh, City Council to support uh, tenants? So what's really frustrating is that there's completely absence on political side. There's no leadership. And in the COVID, we've seen that pretty strongly there was a complete absence of political leadership. And that really inspired people to take the leadership and folks in the community to fight for their justice on their own. And that's where we are. Myself, along with many other tenant leaders in our community, we, we are stronger than ever. And we are passionate to fight. And we are fighting till the end. And I really like to see other tenants' organizations to also get involved politically. That's something that with time it will happen. But ultimately, we need to have a political vision to achieve this. We cannot achieve, tenant unions cannot do the fight on their own. It has to be, you know, the political support. And right now, the major political parties, they're just doing brand, brand politics. It doesn't matter which way you look at it, liberal, conservative, or NDP. You know, eviction was not even a subject in the, in the last federal election. So what that means, their loyalties are shifting. Um, branded politics, the parties are really concerned about getting elected, re-elected. And that's very shameful because parties should come to power to, to serve people, not to remain in power and occupy a space, you know. It, people need real leadership. Right now, the crisis showed that people need leadership, leaders who can balance the inequalities, address the inequities. But instead, we have leaders who take it from tenants and uh, give it to big corporations. And, you know, what we had to serve was it's another disgraceful thing. Because pe people were getting served, tenants were expected to pay rent. That's pretty much indirectly what that means is the bailout for landlords. So it was not even assistance for tenants. So year after year, what we see is political destruction. And our, so our society is being robbed by status quo politicians who have no interest in serving the needs of the people, but instead just getting themselves rich or getting their friends in positions where they want them to see and not about serving the needs of the masses. That's why I'm passionate about politics, uh, municipal politics. It's something that we don't think. I mean, a lot of us, we actually talk about federal politics, provincial politics, and get excited. But we don't really get excited about municipal politics. We should, because municipality is right close to us. Yeah, yeah, like municipal politics is one of the most accessible things to get involved in, and it's the thing that affects people's day-to-day -day lives the most. Exactly, Emily. So what voice are you going to be bringing to City Hall after October 24th? When you obviously get elected. When you get elected. Uh, yes, the biggest voice that I wanted to have in the City Hall is tenants' voice. Right now, in the City Hall, there's no representation for tenants. As we speak, landlords are writing laws for tenants. This is just like mm. our banks telling poor people how to manage their money. Yeah. It's... Uh, you know, our, our masses are really informed enough to make these decisions. People in municipal politics, less than one third of the people actually vote. Why? Because people fed up. I mean, we can ask. Uh, there's two outcomes, right? Either the city council is doing an amazing job, people don't need to get involved in politics. Or the other side is they're doing such a shitty job and it doesn't matter what kind of people get elected, nothing, nothing improves. So people give up. So the reality is the second one that people just given up. It's, it's sad. It shouldn't be that way. If masses want to be interested in politics and politicians have responsibility to lead and take the leadership, and that's why I wanted to put that voice in the city hall and to have a tenant's voice in the city hall. Mm -hmm. That's the only way 
to balance the inequities. And if you look at it, my council, if, if you look at it, my ward, number 21, over 50% of the people are tenants. And how come there's no representations yeah. in the city hall for them? Mm -hmm. So there's a great need for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, Kiri, I want to also ask, you're a member of ACORN, this group that does fight for um, impoverished communities, tenants. And after the last city election, they released a report. They looked into big developer money corrupting municipal politics. They found that every single sitting city councilor received some money from big developers supporting their campaigns. And so do you want to comment on that? What does that mean for how we need to organize then, given how much big money there is behind status quo candidates? Uh, absolutely. It should be illegal. It's big corporations shouldn't be putting money in our politics and why they're buying politicians. And this is exactly what the banks are doing. They're buying politicians. This is disgraceful and it shouldn't even happen in a democratic society. To buy democracy with money, it's just, you know, then what's the point of having a leadership? And, you know, to sell our voices to corporations. And I think, I think that's politicians should not get any donations from corporations. No one should be getting any donation. And they should all, there should be a donation cap on how much they can donate. That's one, one of the ways to fight against uh, these corporate inappropriate uh, donations. And this is, again, this is only what we know. But there's so much that we don't know. There's so much that don't come to our eyes. Yeah. Well, it takes the work of groups like Acorn because from what I understand, I don't think the money necessarily comes directly from the corporation, but from people that have ties to these developers. So they make personal contributions with an obviously vested class interest. And of course, who are the people that have the most money to throw at a, at a municipal election candidate are going to be the wealthiest people in our society. Mm -hmm. We've talked about that in our last election. The only way we can vote is with the dollar. Even at the poll, if you have more money, you can have a bigger vote by being able to support the candidate that will agree with you or will uh, maybe cut your taxes while attacking other classes in society. And this is why we say, you may not think you are into politics, but we can guarantee your boss is interested in politics, your landlord is into politics, everyone around you that has control over the quality of your life, they are very invested in politics, and it behooves you to be interested in politics as well. Absolutely. And so, Kiri, you, for me, are a big inspiration in terms of building up from the grassroots, the mass opposition to the status quo that is exploiting and oppressing the vast majority of society mm -hmm. from the tenants organizing to the work you do with socialist action and acorn in the streets. You put your body on the line repeatedly. So right now, you know, say that this podcast is being listened to by every single person living in your ward, Ward 21. What is the message that you want to give to the person that doesn't vote in municipal elections to the person that doesn't see any hope? or any reason to hope for a better world? What do you say to the immigrant that has come here and their vision of Canada as a just democratic place has been just shattered by the reality of living in a slum lord's basement or something like that? What do you say to the person that doesn't see themselves represented in the political process at all? It is, um, it, it is sad. It's a sad reality that we are in. Um, it's something that all of us, that we need to realize. Voting the, is our right and it is our, our power to choose candidates. And what I really want to stress is people are smart. They know, they know, but it's just that they realize that the corporate interest is too big to even challenge. So they just gave up, gave up and not even get involved in the political process. 
and they don't even get uh, your majority of the people don't even get the award or they instead they actually go to work because you know they say oh you know what if i take time off to work i mean it's not, nothing is going to happen anyways i'm not going to see any benefit and why would i want to lose my paycheck for that but instead what we have see the other way around is that we only have one day in four years to fight our put our voice in and that is our ballot and we have to speak our voice through voting and that is the only way to to put these corporate interested candidates in check there, there, there's no other way there's no other way to put a democratic voice in the government so those those folks you know who are disappointed let down they need to realize they do have power and they can what they can speak their voice with what and not only vote for candidates but look at the platform what they're standing on let's not get tracked into these clichés and popularities and uh, these big words instead look at their platform what do they have where do they lie are they with the people or are they with the corporations do they have real vision so there's a common issue right now we have is that people think oh you know what if he elect a candidate on who's on the left side they're going to they're going to be tax increases or in the right side there's a, you know this tax is going to be low and the crime rate is going to be you know, fought but that's not how it works it's in reality if the social condition bursts that actually results in higher taxes so if we have a social harmony social order social structure then we don't need to have higher taxes so what folks need to understand is that we don't need to be afraid of tax going up instead we have to invest in the platform so for an example funding you know overfunding our police budget is not going to solve crime and police are not crime solvers they are just crime fighters solving uh, social disorder and solving crime is a it's a collaborative responsibility of our community and so what we need to do we need to address, address the inequities inequalities and the issues that actually results in in uh, social disorder so you know we have to redefine what the problem is before we actually try to solve it the pro- what we see, what i see now is for, for far too long we just seek remedy for the symptom we don't address the root cause of the problem so if we start addressing the root cause we can put torno on the map and we can have torno in charge torno is, is not a poor city by any standard so we have the power and we have the people and we have one of the most educated communities and we can lead and it's just that we had to get the politics right mm-hmm. it's it's just that there's a lot of noise a lot of misinformation and folks uh, a lot of when i say folks i'm referring to my community members people in my community people need to really ask themselves the questions what is the platform what are they standing on are they really for the the masses or are they really for the few so i think that will give clear answer nobody needs to know how to word i mean nobody need to be told how to word people know how to word it's just that information need to be clear for them to see it and process it what i would say is the best thing we can do is to get out and walk and walk like our life depends on it and that's when we can put these corporate interested candidates in check and look in my ward michael thompson i mean he's been running for the past four elections now yeah and the biggest high profile achievement for him is test of the dunford that has nothing to do with the interest of the working class mm-hmm. and the meanwhile rent is going up people are losing two paycheck to rent and the majority of the community here are visible minority filipino community 
Chinese community, Tamil community, black community, they, they are being bombarded by this increasing inflation. And oh yes, the inflation is a big word. We need to redefine the word what is inflation is. In, in my view, inflation is a planned economical disaster created to mobilize wealth upwards. Mm -hmm. So that is what inflation is. Where we are losing is we are not defining the problem right. If you define the problem right, we can solve, we can find the right solutions. So yeah, it's mm -hmm. we need to address the needs of the people and in order to address the needs of the people, we need to understand where the problem is, where the candidates are lying, how we can work to make that change. And again, I'm running on a principle, so it is going to be untested hypothesis. However, I'm optimistic people will choose the right candidates. Amen. I like that untested hypothesis. It's it's fair, but the idea is we've tried the current way for far too long to still honestly be able to believe that it could be anything good for the vast majority of people. Emily, any yeah. last question? <laughs> we've had enough replication studies. We need to uh, try a new approach. Amazing. Well, Kiri, where can people find out more about you? Oh, absolutely. There's uh, I'm on, I'm present on uh, social media. My Twitter handle is Kiri uh, underscore uh, Vadivelu, V-A-D-I-V-E-L-U. And I'm on Instagram, Facebook, anywhere. Pretty much if they can just Google me, they can find me. Uh, and I am also setting up my website. So my website should be ready in, uh, in, uh, in a few days. So that's kiri-vadivelu.ca. My email is uh, office at kiri-vadivelu.ca. And uh, yes, we will... Uh, we will make some noise in the streets and we'll put people's uh, voices first. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Kiri, for taking the time to talk to us today. And all the best of luck with your campaign. It sounds like you are exactly the voice that is needed. So I wish you all the best. Thank you, Emily. I appreciate it. And it's, again, it's a pleasure to talk to both of you guys. We'll take the tone of forward not backwards. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Forwards, not backwards. And this is just the second interview. The MSA, if you're unfamiliar, we have a slate of 10 candidates as of right now. So keep tuning in, keep hearing from the voices of the working class and oppressed who are joining together to fight to reclaim our communities from the tyranny of the 1% and the capitalists that make money off of our sweat, tears, and blood. Until next time, stay safe in solidarity.